when I think about the whole story about motherhood or or me being a foster parent, I I don't think that anyone can speak if it's not from their own experience. It, it doesn't make sense that you talk about what someone else said. It's, it's yeah. what you went through. And that for me makes it really valuable. When I think about the name of your son in Spanish, your son is called Mio and in Spanish <laughs> means mine. <laughs> I, I feel like, okay, you downloaded your he was son there. to the Matrix. Yeah, I was like, he, he's, that's my son. He's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's ready. Like, uh, we are waiting for the alignment and then boom. Came down. When okay. you talk about alignment, you know how it happened? No, tell me. Uh, I was in a yoga <laughs> teacher training. <laughs> and I remember, yeah. and the, the schedule was so busy because I had to get up six in the morning every day. It was like a hardcore, like okay, six in the morning every day. And I was finished like seven, eight in the evening. Yeah, yeah but you need to tell people where you were. Okay, I was in Bali. <laughs> 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 oh my God. So I think a couple of months before that, we were thinking, hmm, maybe we should have a kid because we have these studios, we have this business. It's kind of almost like a little bit boring. Mm. If you feel like we, we feel like, it, hmm, we need a new project, but we don't want to open another studio. <laughs> maybe we should have a, a child. <laughs> That's true. That's how we spoke about Well, I, I know that everything that you do is a labor of love. So it's not a diminishment yeah. of motherhood, right? No, it's, yeah, it's okay. We have to go. Yeah. Everything I do is I'm super passionate. So yeah, yeah. So you're not half-assed. So, so now you understand like, okay, should we open another studio or having a kid? And yeah, that, mm. that compares, that compares because you are very dedicated to now what you do. Now you see do. the picture of me. I have the sun in my yeah. in one arm and I paint in the other with equal passion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, he came and he's Mayo and Mio, Mio. Mm. Yeah. So you were in Bali and you were waking up every day at six in the morning. It was a busy schedule. Yeah, and um, Alex was, you know, doing his thing, and I didn't see him that much. And then was what was he doing I, I in Bali where you were in the teacher training? What I never he asked was you doing. That. What he was doing? Yes. He was surfing. We rented this big house, so yes. he was kind of hanging out with some of the guys working there. But he likes to chill. Yeah, yeah. I he know. was sleeping, training, having this healthy food order to our house. We had our own swimming pool. It was, he was fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I was super busy, or not busy that way, but I had a full schedule. Yeah. So I remember I said, I think maybe it would be nice to maybe have a try. And I forgot this, but he remembered. So we did our thing in the lunch break or something. And he said that I was actually holding my legs up and said, okay, maybe I get pregnant now. <laughs> and then that's, uh, yeah. And then it happened. Oh, my God. That's a really nice story. And uh, I don't know how, if podcasts are going to last very long, but it, it's going to be very funny for me to listen to this one day. Oh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, that's my story, and uh, it seems like a funny story now, but for me, it was quite an emotional process to get to the point where I felt 100% free from everything that had happened to me in my past relationships and things that I'd done to myself, my body, and mm. yeah. But 
at that time I knew that I was 100% free from everything and it was just if we got pregnant we had both agreed on this is 100% welcomed we have so much to give if it just feels right if it happens and if it doesn't happen we will probably start another studio yeah yeah and you did both we did, <laughs> did both <laughs> that wasn't planned either <laughs> and you you have two dogs i have Two dogs, yeah. and I had three foster kids. And for me, pets are very grounding. It's like living in the present. And mm-hmm. um, those are like uh, like having kids that never learn to walk, uh, that are like crawling all around the house um, in the sense of the this unconditional love and mm. and... And the way they explore things, yes. like they just are always exploring and in yes. the present moment, it's very similar to have babies. I I don't humanize my dogs. <laughs> you don't? No, I okay, try are to. Are you sure? Yeah, or you, maybe you think you aren't. <laughs> mm, it will depend on the perspective. But uh, for me, is I divided this having kids or having, yeah, like having sons and daughters to have this uh, living in the present moment that you have with babies that I have with my pets um, being the best uncle or godfather that I can be with my niece for example that she's 12 now and she's awesome and the work that I do as a therapist and the work that I do with our students so this sense of transcendence and connection that you get from parenthood that I got from uh, having my foster kids uh, for, for a decade when I lived in Spain, I, I think I renovate that into these different roles and different things. This is why I insisted so much in dividing the how and the, and the what, because I, I feel myself fulfilled into that. and. Mm. When we talk with Andreas about that, Andreas says, I, I, I don't want to fight with a kid. I don't want to uh, be uh, having to wake up early in the morning and dress a kid to go to school. Every or day. Every, every day, day. Every day yeah. of my life. Um, That's very mature, though. It's, uh, yeah, I, mm. I, I really appreciate that he was like so upfront and honest about that. I does He's a very loving person. Mm. And you see that the way he behaves with his friends and you see how generous he is. He's like supporting charities that help girls to go to school in less developed countries. So he's very he's a very committed person. And that doesn't mean that if you want or you don't want kids, you are more generous or less generous. That for me is a complete different discussion. But I believe that this early or late teens or early adult dream that I had that I was going to have a biological kid of my own, that didn't represent really what I wanted. That represented what I thought it was right for me to do. I feel much happier with what I'm doing. Yeah, can you say that, let's say, the... um, 
the biological child mm-hmm. is kind of like a manifestation of what we think what we want. And that's yeah. the only way. Yeah. We, let's start from the beginning. Maybe what we want deep inside is to feel connection. We want to have someone to give our love to or share yes. love. We feel like we have so much to give. Mm-hmm. And you feel like you can commit to something. You have all these things. Then you know you have the right drive. It doesn't matter if it's your biological child or if it's adopted because you have this need that you feel like you want to connect with something. You you have all this love to give. Yeah. Is that a way to look at it? It's almost the same when you have a pet. You you just <laughs> have all this love to give. and you, I feel like the love, we don't have to compare a pet to a child, but the what we can compare is the love that we give. We give from us a place within, and that's the same place. We give love and we just love something the experience of unconditional love is one of the things that human beings thrive most for look look for in everything and is one of the things that makes us flourish the most but it's also a very elusive experience it's very hard to love unconditionally and to be loved back unconditionally Mm -hmm. Usually people say that parents love unconditionally to their kids and maybe their kids love them unconditionally back. That is not Until they start to have their own opinions. Yeah, <laughs> and still. But in my case, it wasn't my, my experience because of the mental health challenges that uh, my mother had. So in my case, I discovered the unconditional love first through pets then when i was trained enough <laughs> <laughs> through tantra and then finally in a relationship it was a, like a very weird road people usually learn from home and they go out in the world um, yeah i think yeah but it, yeah. it's here and there everyone has their yeah. own road but, but this yeah. your love a lot of people out there don't experience that from home. I, I know, yeah. I know. I, I discovered that at an elder age when yeah. I was like... You were like, oh, this is how it feels oh, this like. Is, I, oh, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and also internet and social media helps mm-hmm. a lot to share a lot mm-hmm. of experience. And then you realize that people on the other side mm-hmm. of the ocean feels the same way or have yeah. a similar experience. Mm, I, I like the the idea of going after the experience instead of going for the container yeah like um that's why i said we don't have to compare a pet to a child no but if we separate the object from what we feel inside and we start to practice that more yes i i see the way that my husband treats uh our dogs especially the little one Mm. they have a relationship that at one point i am like please get a room I, I love that. I, when I see them together, it's like super sweet. They adore each other. And I I see like this tantric connection of what mm-hmm. love is there. Because there is like pure intention. They are for each other when he gets discouraged about something. Uh, she's right there checking that everything is okay or 
maybe his nieces and she's looking are, are you okay mm -hmm. is that is that unusual and they sound? have a sense of when you explain it looks like they have a very strong flow between yeah them. exactly mm. uh Eckhart Tolle has a, a very nice book about pets being the guardians of the present because yeah, it's they are because 100% present like babies exactly in that sense I I I like uh dogs that behave it doesn't matter how battered they were by the owners they are always like loving and present and open and ready for whatever the plan mm. comes around so for me you need to dig deep enough and put your love where it belongs yeah i i had a cat once i just had a you know pet once in my life and uh I was working so much and I loved the cat. This, oh my God, this cat was crazy. Okay, if you imagine my, me and my style, <laughs> this cat was like, it was a Beng Bengal. Yes, wow. Yeah, and uh, I had the cat with this pink, um, I was going. Oh, you, you had you, your cat on a leash? Yes, I okay. had my cat on a leash and she was with me everywhere. Yeah. We could go to the beach and I could have, she was under an umbrella at the beach and oh she didn't run away. God. She was walking, you know, it was like a mini dog. Yeah, It was crazy. But I worked a lot after, I don't know, a year or something. I just w worked so much and then I was so connected to this yes. cat. I could feel that he was mad at me when I came home late. I could feel all these things. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to keep her, but I, I knew that she is better off in another home. Yeah. Sometimes it's, I think if I got the cat after I got kids, I would never give her away. But mm. at that time, it's, I feel like I have <laughs> adopted away a child yeah, <laughs> in yeah, a yeah. sense. Yeah. But the amount of love you feel is like you just, you could just pour out love mm. with no fear of reactions or. Yeah. And I think if we human, and this is a big part of tantric practice, if we human can just love each other and be created together and just pour out love mm. and receive it. The problem for many, many people, I believe, is they can't receive it. Mm. And after m I have been trying to interact with people in different ways, and most of the time you can see they, they can't, sometimes they can't believe it's true that you want the best for them. And it's just something clicks in their mind because it's like, okay, she wants something or so many times I've been accusing for, hmm, do you want something else? Or do you have some other intentions? I'm like, no, I'm just happy. I just want you to be happy too, you know? So that about receiving love. Ah, that <laughs> is, that is big because usually people want to be loved. People want to be taken care of, but, we are not taught about how to receive love. And I think so much about this now that I have a kid. Because I just pour him with love. I hold him and I kiss him and I hug him. And sometimes I'm like, I, I think I have to learn him how to receive all this. Because I see I, when I see you both together, he has these this sweet reactions. He might be playing or doing something. And then he looks at you. Yeah, in return. <laughs> and he smiles like, okay, you're there. And or he runs and hugs you. Yeah. And sometimes he, he will lean forward and place his forehead to my forehead. Yes, yes, I saw that. And then I know that he will, he is kind of 
responding. Yes. But of course, I hug him and I kiss him all the time. But I, I have this intention that I will try to make it more as an interaction mm -hmm. rather than me just being a mom that just pour him, pour in love. I think I just have this theory that maybe from your kids we can also get too much affection and we are kind of like, ah, ah, you know, don't. But um, for adults, I, I feel like we have to practice receiving. I am giving something precious and I am taking also something precious. Um, I think it's connected a lot with the idea of deserving, right? Yeah. Do I deserve yeah. to be loved or yeah. not? It is. I know that it sounds like a like a common phrase. Everyone deserves love, but sometimes it's very hard to feel because we don't love ourselves. Um, there is a, a big show that maybe people outside the queer community don't know about RuPaul's Drag Race. Have you heard about it? <laughs> of course. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> RuPaul finishes. Show. Yes, I love it too. And every time uh, show finishes, RuPaul says. Uh, if you can't love yourself, uh, how everyone else? If is you can't love yourself, like yeah. <laughs> he's, he's talking like that. Can I get an amen here? Yeah. Um, and people don't realize that if you don't love yourself, you don't recognize someone loving you. That is so difficult to understand because yeah. that is what stops you from receiving love for me and i just want to clarify we are talking in the terms of outside a common relationship because yeah the tantric path is all about getting into these emotions without being in a physical relationship partnership yeah people mix love with being in a relationship with someone yeah and, and they think that is, is the only yeah so the love we are talking about now is that love that we just give unconditionally and we have to practice that more. Or That's my mission, though, to practice that more and have people tapping into this frequency more without necessarily being in a relationship and link it up to only my partner or my kids and my family. If people just know how to love more, receive more love on a general base, I think the world will be a better place. And loving, you can love a plant, you can love your pets, you can love what you do, you can love the weather. Um, and nature. But we need to spend more time reconnecting with other human beings because that is, I think that is the missing link because we practice so much on being present in the moment, we practice on being feeling love when we are in nature. And so many people are afraid of feeling this love relationship and connection with other people and trust and yeah, all these things that comes under the okay. umbrella. In the because when you go into the tantric practices or what Tantra says about this Osho said very important things about this issue. How can we break this into with our listeners? The, the way that we connect with each other is a great manifestation of love, right? Yeah. And, and it's kind of the essence of Tantra. Yes. But 
because the teachings are so subtle and a lot of tantra teachings are are made in codes and poems and you have to that's why mm-hmm. it requires a teacher to go into the scriptures and d- discuss it and the meaning behind it so it's not really w- a place where you can just google tantra and then they will explain you that the essence is this and that mm-hmm. you have to have the realizations and to get that realization you you need to start opening up and yeah this is one of the things that is it's challenging i think that the first step is very connected to the experience right because it's very hard to this definition of loving yourself so you can love another person uh, or you can recognize love when it's given to you starts as m- almost anything with a with a physical reaction mm when I love myself, it feels it feels different. It's completely different. When you talk about uh, what the decision that you took at one point in your recording ar- artist career, when you decided, okay, this is not for me, I am going to do this other thing, there is an act of self-love involved in that. You needed to love, because if you didn't love yourself, you were going through it with no stopping in the middle you were in pain you were suffering and you didn't want that or you don't listen to yourself like this is a big part of going on this journey will hurt me or will Mm. not feel good and sometimes we think i do this and 50 percent of time i don't feel good so i do it anyway but i try to go to the level where i most of my day do things i really enjoy like doing this podcast uh, work Everything I do for work, I call it work. Yeah, things I en- yeah, yeah, things I enjoy. And it's very linked up to that um, being able to flow on that love frequency where you can meet people on that frequency and then you have other people that are open. Like when I meet you, it's always like a mutual respect. We have ideas. Everything flows really lightly. And I think people can recognize some relationships they have in life mm-hmm. where they feel open and everything is possible. You feel like everything is possible when you're with certain people. And the more we can create a field of people having the same experience, the more things we can do. In, in Tantra Osho, try to explain that everything was connected to sex, that sex was the primal energy. And this is why some people get confused when they think about Tantra because uh, they reduce it to the sex act, Mm. actually. What are your thoughts about that? Oof. (laughs) The sex act in itself is um, out of the equation. When we talk about love and being in love, it's Mm -hmm. very linked up to what happens when you are in love. You feel lust, you feel desire, you feel everything is waking up. Mm -hmm. And that is the feeling we are talking about. And then through time and religions and all these systems have created that sex is sin. Mm. And then you had this whole story going on, like sex is sin and you should be a virgin or it's so many different concepts of sex and sin. Yeah, yeah sex should be only reproductive. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. 
We can talk about sex as a new episode because this is a big topic. But um, <laughs> you're sure you want to go into that? Yeah. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk about sex. <laughs> <laughs> 